Welcome to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. Yes! All right! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you, everybody. Yeah, live studio audience here at the Garden Audio. (laughs) (laughs) Live studio audience of one. Of one. We got all all four people crammed in here. That's right. (laughs) Get some footage of my daughter who claps, but never quite closes. It's just the... She's my favorite. She's she's, she's pretty cute, man. I mean... You got two kids of your own, man. They're great. They're great. I mean, <laughs> I mean, she, uh, I hadn't seen Riley in a few weeks. I yeah, don't feel like she's still there. And so when I saw her, when I saw her this morning, your wife was holding her and I was like, hi, sweetheart. How are you? And kind of, and she was looking at me like, I kind of remember you. Oh, wait a minute. And then she like started leaning for me and then just was like, no, never mind. <laughs> I don't, I don't know I don't you. Know what's going on here. <laughs> she has yeah. a good time. I don't know you. Hey, that's not my, you're not my dad. <laughs> That's just, I wonder too, like how I need because, to watch that again because at her age, like ten months, their their vision's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not like newborn status where it's like I see a I see a yeah. beard and I see a white face. Is that my dad? Is that my dad? <laughs> That's not my dad. Cell phone. <laughs> I came uh, I came really close the other day to just shaving my beard off. I've had a beard for nearly five really? years now. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and you buzzed your head, so I mean, you might as well. I know. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I buzzed my head initially because. I was trimming it up yeah. and I took the clippers up a little too high. Uh, <laughs> so I was just like, I need to finish it. But I've, I've decided to keep it this way the whole summer. It just feels better. Yeah, yeah. it's um, cooler. Wish yeah. I could do it. And uh, yeah, you'd look weird. It does because wow. my head's so white. <laughs> <laughs> that's like uh, that's like your butt. You know? That's it. Yeah, your head and your butt are both white and every the rest of you is that's brown. It. That's it. So you got your butt and the top of your head from your mom. Yep. And then the rest of you, you oh, that's how your dad. That's yeah. how genetics works. That's how it works. Just pieces. Hey, did you guys know? I just found this out. It's a cool correlation that the the number of letters in the winning word of the spelling bee every year, like the number of letters mm-hmm. that that word contains, um, is equal to the number of people every year killed by venomous spiders. Wow! <laughs> every year. Every year. Huh? Every year they do the spelling bee. Is that intentional? Well, I guess from, <laughs> I guess I'd have to ask from whose standpoint the spiders are like, okay, we've reached yeah. our limits. No, 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 no. It's a spelling bee conspiracy. Yeah, That's there, it is. there is a spelling bee serial killer who is waiting to see what the winning yeah, word is. Spiders. All right, 13 people. All right, got it. <laughs> I got to kill 13 That's people this year. Oh, man. Well, you weren't killed by a spider. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing well. Yeah. Good. Uh, I, I wasn't killed by a spider. You haven't been killed no. by a spider yet. I'm no. never watching the spelling bee that's, again. That's observant of you. I am. I'm, I'm there, man. Yeah, you doing got, okay? What? You're asking how I'm doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm good, man. Yeah? I'm good. I'm a little sweaty. It's uh, it's summertime. And, yeah. Uh, and it's warm here in Texas. The end of May. And uh, I've learned, I mean, we stepped outside a second ago to uh, to try out a fishing rod and fishing reel and stuff. Yeah, and, I, uh, I messed it up. I just, I, well, according to Stephen, he messed it up. Yeah, that's just all we know gracious. for sure. Look, look how beautiful and gracious You're he good. is. Stephen's the one who There's kicked. Not a Stephen's the one who kicked him. his fishing pole. <laughs> Stephen kicked like his fishing pole off the boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a few weeks ago. You fell off a boat? No, he no. kicked his fishing pole oh. off. Yeah. I heard a splash. Wow. And then I was like, <clears> man, I guess my, I've son, my five-year-old was in me, so I was like, oh, I guess he threw something in the water. 
No. And then like no. 10, 15 minutes later, I was like, all right, where's that rod? And I looked down, I was like, uh, oh, the splash. That and was we're the splash. splash. And we're not talking about cheap stuff. Like yeah, that one wasn't no. crazy expensive, but it like. Was, yeah. I mean, you don't want to kick it off your boat. You just don't want, <laughs> yeah. you don't want $150, $200 yeah. just going yeah. off the edge of your, your boat. I've done that in my kayak. One time I was dragging my kayak by myself through some some areas to get to another water spot. And uh, I looked back and my lure was stuck on my oh. on my uh, <clears throat> cooler and there was just a spool of line going out <laughs> back and I had to walk all the way back to find my rod. Yep. That's Whoops. awesome. Oh man. Well besides that story, you did all right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Getting, getting set for summer stuff. That's right. Camps and busy. Getting ready to go. I'm going to the uh next month I'm um doing the chapel service at the PDGA World Championships oh, awesome. in Utah. I forget where it is in Utah, but so That's awesome. That'll be a that'll be a good week. You chilling cool. with some Mormons, Momos. That's right. This is uh, <laughs> this is the last week of school for our boys, and so they they finish yeah. up on Thursday, which is awesome. My kids all failed, so they got to go to summer school. So <laughs> not really. Hey, on that note, I found this out. My oldest son Seth is like so docile in how he says things sometimes, and uh, uh, in <clears throat> at the end of March, we were hanging out in the backyard doing a campfire and. He goes, I don't know how it came up, but he was like, yeah, I'm number 10 in my class. Mm, and I was like, what? Awesome. He's like this giant, like a thousand people or more in his, maybe more in his class. And he yeah. was like, yeah, number 10 in my class. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's no big yeah, deal. Okay. It's no big deal. That's, that's last place here, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're number 10 out of eight? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, we, Merson, uh, Merson's not as big of a school, no, huh? I graduated with like 750 kids. So yeah. like number 10 would have been great. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, my wife I couldn't graduated. Even see number ten where I was. Where I was. <laughs> right. My wife graduated from Floydata, so the same thing. She was salutatorian, so she was same thing like small, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. small in regards to opposite uh, of large, opposite of large, and uh, so salutatorian. She's second place, but I was like, but how many people were in your class? And I think it was like thirteen or something. And so I was like, let's do the math. Let's see who actually had a higher percentage. <laughs> I was I was forty two out of seven sixty seven. Wow! And I actually had 42? like a higher percentage. Yeah, like a higher percentage rating than wow. she had. And I was like. Jeez. You can say number two all day long, but number two in a group of 13 is nothing yeah. compared to 42 yeah. <laughs> out of 760 or whatever. You went to Central, right? Yeah. And then I dropped out of college. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean you it were, doesn't mean anything anymore. You were in the top 6%, mm-hmm. you know? I can get and, any college I wanted yeah. to. And then leave and, any college I want to. And she was about the top 13%. <laughs> yeah. So, I, had to take boy. An, I had to take an entrance exam to get into college. Did you really? Is it because you're brown? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm you should have terrible... shown them your butt. I know. I'm like, oh, you're white. white. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. no, I'm, I'm literally a terrible, terrible test taker, especially like this oh, multiple choice test. So I didn't take the uh, ACT, I took the SAT and scored like 10 points lower than you're supposed to. Mm. to anyway, mm. so I had to take another test, which was dumb. And then I had a 3 8 my first semester, and I was like, I didn't know the SAT was timed. <laughs> you what? I didn't know the just SAT taking, was timed. Just taking it. So, like, first section, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, Time to kill. It's like, all right, put your pencils down. I was like, huh. uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, excuse me. <laughs> is this like the toss test? I mean, I gotta have some more time. Yeah, <laughs> a balloon is a bear. Yeah, a uh, I'd like to file an extension. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a little sidestep over to the the PCC. We're heading to Pierce's Culture Corner. Oh, magical. We're here. Welcome How much to fun is that? welcome to the corner, everybody. Take a seat. We're gonna talk about something Don't put that baby in the corner. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a response to that. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> I won't. Have you seen that movie? I, I actually have never seen Dirty Dancing. I know the reference. Wow. I've never seen, seen Dirty, Dirty Dancing. Dancing. Wow. Yeah. Okay, here, let me show you guys. Negative. There we go. <laughs> I'll give you a Would you also do the dance real quick for us? <laughs> no, I've had the time of my life. Come on, let's sing it, Steve. It's not the ghost one. It's not ghost, right? No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. It's not yeah. the ghost one. No, that's Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> that's the movie that's called Ghost. Uh, we, we can we can remake that shot in your wife's uh, studio over there. <laughs> Isn't that Kevin Bacon? We're not going to. In Ghost. No, that's Patrick, that's Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Oh, and okay. Demi Moore. Demi, yeah. Demi. Demi that was, Moore, that was right? before Whoa, don't say Ashley Kutcher was born. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. All right, back to PCC. All right, would you just intro me back into that real quick? All right. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> we're, we're here. I'm going to talk about something that I actually... Don't have, which again, it's the same thing as really a lot of times in the PCC. It's more so not, it is a commentary, but it's commentary on where I am. Right. So I don't have like a solid, this is how we fix it. This is where we go. This is where we're going. It's just, I'm looking at it. I'm Why looking not? at something. Why don't I have it all figured out? Yeah. Come on, Pierce. Because <laughs> I'm not that smart. I dropped, I mean, I guess we just established <laughs> that I was smart in high school. That's uh, yeah. a different story. But so anyway, show off. <laughs> what I'm talking about today is actually you see divisions in every group, essentially. You'll see different divisions that'll uprise or different things that'll happen. I mean, we've seen that church, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast with stuff in the church. You see the same things in families, even like blood relatives have a certain thing that divide them. What we're seeing now that I'm seeing now kind of on both sides, more so politically is kind of where it lands is you're seeing the, the right and the left, and then you're seeing the right and the left extremists. And it seems like the extremists have, um, I talked to somebody this morning about it, that for the longest time, people viewed Christianity through the lens of Westboro Baptist church, the mm. God hates fags people. Yeah. But that was a really small group that was really loud. Right. And now it's actually, it's not so much, these are small groups that are loud. Like these actually are, are pretty big groups that are yeah. actually shaping a lot of like how different, maybe not necessarily separate, uh, <coughs> representing the party, but representing a good group of them socially, mm -hmm. if that makes sense at all. Mm -hmm. So you have the people that are like very much like, well, Trump is still president. Trump's still my president. It's like, well, I mean, I hate to bring it to you, but that's, that's not the case right now. And uh, I mean, I, did y'all see his office that he built in Florida? Mm -hmm. He built it to look like the Oval Office. <laughs> so, oh, funny. Yeah. So like, he's released <laughs> pictures and stuff from him at his desk. And I'm like, okay, man. And that's helping kind of fuel the, the flame of people being like, well, he's still my president. I'm still going to listen to him. And then you have these... Um, these 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 radical left sides. That's that's where we talk about a lot of like cancel culture, where yeah. we talk about a lot of people coming from the perspective of like you have to accept people for every single nuance of who they are, and if you don't, then you actively hate me. You are actively my enemy, or or even the standpoint of if you've ever done anything that that seems hateful by today's standard thirty years ago. If you weren't living by today's standard 30 years ago, then you have to be canceled. So there's these extremes on either side, but <laughs> but they're the ones we talk about. And those groups seem to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Even from the perspective of like uh, of the LGBTQ plus community, we've talked, we've talked a little bit, uh, apart from the podcast, about TERFs, the trans-exclusionary radical feminists, which uh, is the J.K. Rowling stuff that we had talked about a while yeah, back. Yeah, of like, it just still shocks me every time you say that. Yeah, no, right? So there's even within like these people who Is that a used, niner in there somewhere? They're a niner in there? <laughs> I don't know what that reference means. I'm sorry. so sorry. Okay. I don't know that. I don't get it. Well, keep going. Yeah. Uh, Rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I'll learn something later. Uh, but these people who were considered allies of the LGBTQ community are now their enemies because of this one topic, this really? one thing. Oh, yeah. Like, full-blown, we do not support her. Like, there's even people who who are still who still run Harry Potter podcasts, who say, yeah, even though I'm still on this podcast, I will not buy Harry Potter books for my nieces and nephews because I don't want a dime to go towards her. Like it's, wow. it's that type of like, like boycott her. Yeah. It's so there's levels of it that, and there's levels of it that I don't understand. And that's another thing too. 
I'm not making a stance, but what I'm from the outside looking in, what I'm seeing, and bear with me here, is very much Star Wars. It's very much from the perspective of thinking about the, from the prequel, from the yeah, from the prequel trilogy, is the people that were so holding so tightly to the Republic. They were holding so tightly to the Republic. I gotta defend the Republic. Well, how do we defend the Republic? We gotta vote this guy in to have more executive power. So we give him more executive powers, and then slowly but surely he becomes the emperor. And you're holding on to something that you thought was what you wanted, and then finally it gets to this peak where you're like, oh crap! And I've been I've been fighting for this for so long. Then you have then there's a full on split. And so I think what's going to happen within these groups is people are going to, to grab onto these quick notions. They, well, if I want to be an ally, I have to behave this way. If I want to be truly conservative, I have to behave this way. And they keep clinging on to these things that as they're shifting and molding, they are nowhere near what they were originally holding onto. Mm. And so at, just from the, again, from the outside looking in, that makes us have to really question where are we and why are we supporting the things that we're supporting? Are we supporting it because that mainstream group that we enjoy being a part of is doing it? And, and, or is, and does it actually make sense of the core of why we even joined that group to begin with? Um, so yeah, like, so if, if Quidditch is only played in hell, I mean, should I, should I even, should I even be a Harry Potter fan still? Um, but that's, I, even, I'm still not convinced those groups are that big. They may be, I just don't, I just don't, I guess I, they could just be getting louder I, in my circles. I think circles. The, the benefit for groups on, of social media is that you can make yourself seem louder. True. I mean, like I have, you and I, Ryan, have a lot of followers on Instagram. Sure. But I know, you know, maybe you know, 5% of them, Yeah, you know, like who they are. Mm -hmm. So like, does that mean that, you know, I know 15 plus thousand people, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, it yeah. looks, it looks bigger it looks than it that is. Way, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I still feel like there's a good group of people who are these extremes. Yeah. I'm just still not convinced that the majority of the United States of America is that way. I think if, yeah. I think if, I mean, I've mentioned this before, I think this last election was not about um, it was about whether you were going to vote for Trump or not vote for Trump. Mm. Like it wasn't about Biden really at all. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's, that's kind of the nature of, of that. So I think at, my guess is that we'll see um, a move back towards kind of a more moderate, yeah. moderate candidates in the future. Um, I just think exactly what you're saying. I think people are sick of hearing this of like how many letters you have to put in a, in a, in a like word acronym, the spider kills yeah, like, like what? no joke. <laughs> That's what it should be. The more letters, so I don't know that. It's just my guess. I just yeah. Don't. But even then, there's there's still this recognizing that there's there there has to be some sort of shift somewhere, and it may not necessarily be because of these types of things, but but that this may be a fruit of that of just people being like. Uh, or this is not necessarily a fruit of that, but more light is being shined on this because more people are saying, "Yeah, we need to we need to be more moderate in this. We need to kind of step back a little bit." And then yeah. that, that could very well be. That's the case. my hope is that it'll, yeah, I, I don't know if it'll happen or not, which would be dope. Yeah. So I, if you're listening, and again, like I said, this is just Pierce's experience. This is Pierce's culture they corner. Listening. They are listening. If you're listening or watching, <laughs> uh, uh, since you're listening or watching <laughs> yeah. this, this is Pierce's the way that I'm seeing it, and as an observer, as person who's not a part of these groups. Um, I don't want them to, I don't want them to necessarily fall apart because of stupidity. Um, and if you're somebody who considers yourself in these, in these regards, um, ask why you're there. And again, yeah. if you're listening to this and you're somebody who professes Christ and you're elevating these stances or these arguments over the gospel, yeah. then go back and listen to our last two episodes and, uh, and, <laughs> then, and then come back and return to here. Uh, you know what? Okay. So let's see. How are we going to, how are we going to do this, Ryan? Oh, how, how are we going to do this? Uh, I, I was kind of making a prophetic statement about the you very much were uh whoa 
prophetic. <laughs> this is L- wait so a minute, <laughs> Ryan. What are we talking about today? I think that may t- that may tie into things. I can't believe you guys. Like this is amazing. <laughs> we are talking about the Old Testament prophets today, uh, and and I love the Old Testament prophets. And Micah, you told me uh, the other day when we were kind of talking about. This as a topic, you said, all right, Ryan, you're going to have to do all the talking this time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you know the prophets better than anybody I know. I, I, I like the prophets um, a lot. And, uh, and yeah, I think it's fun to be able to talk about them and talk about, oh, Dr. Pepper. Mm. Not a sponsor yet. Hey. Yeah. That was a, that was, <laughs> That's a little better. I mean, like, y'all, okay, we need to bring uh, some IBCs or some Coronas or something. Yeah, you know, like well, if we're bottles. choosing between those two, I'm not choosing IBCs. Yeah, because <clears throat> irritable bowel condition. Oh wait, wait, wait. Just hey, yeah, and I if know. we're choosing that, I would rather have a dose than a Corona. Well, have saying. have whatever you want. Had, I'm just I saying, had a like sip of a dose of clink, first time you know? the other day. It was really good. We need a clink. We put a lime. Yeah, I need to have it dressed for sure. But Ryan, <laughs> the prophets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ryan, aren't the prophets just parts of the Old Testament we don't really need anymore? You know, Pierce. Well, actually, <laughs> I forgot that part. <laughs> well, actually, Pierce. There you go. Uh, the the Old Testament is uh, is very good in showing us and revealing to us who God is mm. and and specifically who the Messiah, who Christ is, and that He was coming. And it shows us very much the nature of God. The problem with the Old Testament prophets, um, or the Old Testament in general, but we're talking specifically about the prophets this week. The, the the main problem that I see is that people either, like you're saying, completely disregard them or people um, internalize them or personalize them way too much. Hmm. And it is, it is difficult. L- let me say this differently. It is not difficult to get a really quick synopsis of a prophetic book so that you're able to read it with the correct framework and mm-hmm. a correct understanding. Mm-hmm. But because the Bible is so big and because like Isaiah 66 chapters long, it feels a little bit overwhelming. It feels a little bit yeah. daunting. And if you don't know, like what, if you don't know where to find the resources or who to talk to, to say, look, give me, give me a synopsis. My dad said years ago, um, I mean, years ago, you know, before he was dead, he, he said, uh, <laughs> just, just to put it in perspective when he said yeah. it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Zombie dad hasn't said anything. <laughs> Still waiting. <laughs> but, uh, but. Sounds like you, a sci-fi movie. Th- there were these, zombie dad. <clears throat> there, there were these books that were really popular in the late 90s. Um, they were about the size of a postcard, had about 100 pages in them, and they would have like little inspirational sayings, one yeah, sentence yeah. on each page. And my dad, we gave him <clears throat> one for Father's Day one time. And, and I was like 14 or 15. And my dad said, if they wrote a Bible like this, I'd read it. And, and I couldn't do it in a sentence, but I have frequently thought since I was 14 years old about what it would look like to sum up each book of the Bible in three or four sentences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I think something like that honestly would be probably really helpful for people mm-hmm. because like Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, these, these books are really significant. First of all, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that 99.9 times out of 100, the pronoun you and we and they, those pronouns are not us. Mm-hmm. They're not. They, You're talking about modern day yeah, us they, here and they, now. They are not 21st century Christians. Yeah. They are Israel. Um, and, and specifically speaking, they are sometimes the nation of Israel and sometimes the nation of Judah and, and Israel who has always rebelled against God since the split. So once the nation of Israel split into the nations of Israel and Judah, the nation of Israel never walked with God. The nation of Judah occasionally walked with God. 
And, and these prophets are speaking to people who are by and large rebellious against God, against their creator, against the one who has sustained them this far and provided for them and cared for them and rescued them and delivered them. And the prophets are addressing that issue. And it's really interesting to me. And by interesting, I mean, I hate it. And it makes me want to twist somebody's nuts off. Um, but who's nuts? Stay tuned after this commercial. What if that had been Ezra and Nehemiah? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of the beards? <laughs> right? And he'd rip off his own. <laughs> oh, gosh. You need to listen to the last podcast if you don't get that joke. Uh, but uh, but when when preachers get up, and they read a text from Isaiah, Jeremiah, or Ezekiel where it says, you know, you rebellious people, you've bowed down to these idols, you've turned away from me, da 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 and come back to me. There's this kind of call back to God. And a preacher gets up and says, look what God's saying to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that bothers me yeah. a great deal. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not— <clears throat> It's not what the text is talking about. Yeah, uh, we we are not idolatrous Israel. And mm. and look, I, I know that people want to be like, well, have you seen how uh, people love their sports today or people love this? I, I'm not convinced that that's idolatry. First, we can talk about that another time. Uh, I I've seen idolatry in India. I've seen idolatry in Indonesia. Like uh, that's that is more akin to what the Israelites were doing. They were literally bowing down to to yeah. other statues. They were yeah. literally offering their children as sacrifices to other statues. Like so, somebody liking football a lot pales in comparison. I, I mean, look, I, I get it. There is one reference in Colossians chapter three that I can remember, and there may be others, but one reference in Colossians chapter three says that covetousness is akin to idolatry. But, but like, I don't know, somebody liking football or, you know, somebody, I don't know. Anyway, my, my point being that that when we this podcast really what we want to talk about Pierce is understanding the prophets understanding uh, the the purpose of them the the order of them and I, I don't have time to go through all that I can't show you all the map because and, we're trying to make it simpler yeah but <laughs> but when we want to understand the prophets it, it would be helpful for us to know a few things so like Isaiah is is written uh, prior to Jeremiah. Um, it, it is written about 133 years. Isaiah is written over a period of years, but it's written about 133 years before the fall of Jerusalem. Uh, it is written prior or it, it overlaps with the Assyrian captivity. So the northern kingdom of Israel goes into captivity in Assyria and Israel is addressing, sorry, Isaiah is addressing that. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah picks up um, about 90 years later and covers about 40 years, that, that book. And the Assyrian captivity has already happened, and now they're on the verge of a Babylonian captivity of Judah. Um, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel are all happening concurrently. Uh, They're all happening at the same time. Jeremiah is the old prophet in Jerusalem. uh, Ezekiel is the young prophet that's part of the captivity in Babylon. Daniel is a young man who has risen to power in Babylon. And like, like we... My goodness, it, it just helps to know some of these things. Like, yeah. for, for example, and you guys know this, and I've talked about it here on this podcast before, but um, Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, which is used out of context all the stinking isn't time. Isn't your life verse? It's oh, about gosh. graduation, isn't it? Yes, it yeah. is. Uh, people sign it on, uh, oh, the places you'll go yep. <laughs> in the Dr. Seuss exactly. book. <laughs> you know, um, Jeremiah 29, 11, <laughs> which says, uh, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. There's a, a Christian college somewhere that I was speaking at once and somebody came up to me after I had spoken and they were saying like, oh yeah, that's on our hallway down the, down the hall. Like this verse is written over the hallway as you enter into this main building. Yeah. And, and I, I just want you to know that like, 
we we can't take all right we can't take what god is saying to israel and in this case specifically uh babylonian captives people israelites who are in captivity in babylon they've been there for 13 years they're going to be there for another 57 years if you want to know how i arrive at all this information you're welcome to call me uh, or message me um but they uh they have 57 years of captivity to go and god is telling them I've still got a plan for you. I'm not done with you. I'm not going to destroy you. And yet we make that verse personal. And yeah. we say, look, look at what God's saying to us. But what no one what no one does is a few chapters earlier, he has said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to destroy you. Yeah. He says that a few <laughs> chapters earlier. And literally, literally, I've never heard somebody say, look at what God is saying to you. Yeah, because there's lots of curses, if you will, in the prophets yeah. that we're not claiming. Yeah, yeah right. we claim all the well, blessings, but there's none of the curses. A, there's a group of people, I mean, this is a debatable topic, who... We'll take some passages from Romans and say that we are now the new Israel, and they'll uh, mm. they'll like correlate that to these passages. And Paul says something similar to that, but it's I don't feel like that's what he's talking about. I feel like he's he's it's a redemption kind of like um, statement. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's actually saying you are now becoming what Israel was. I, there's a lot of reasons for me saying yeah, that. Yeah. You can call which, Ryan and ask. What text are you thinking of? Um, it's later in Romans. I don't know. But can you give me a little bit of the verse? Um, he says, like, you... He, Not all are Israel who are of Israel, or... I'm just trying to think. There's a couple of places you're right. Anyway, anyways, we can talk about that later. Yeah. Call Ryan if you want to talk about that, because... Be <laughs> that, that is interesting. Um, but my, my question I usually ask people who take that stance, because those are the people who say, well, if we are the new Israel, then we can go to the prophets and say... These, these things are for us. And the question mm-hmm. I always ask them is that exactly what you just said. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do that, are you going to take the curses as well as the blessings? Right. Yeah. And there's, I haven't, I mean, if you're that person and you have an answer, we'd be happy to hear it. But I don't yeah. know. I've never heard anybody in that camp or at all who said, yeah, I'm taking the, right. I'm taking these, these promises of destruction that God is promising us. It's yeah. only the blessings. Yeah. Well, and, and if you, if you're looking at, if you're looking at the text and you're trying to make a parallel in Jeremiah 29 and, and say, well, we're captives, you know, we're captives in a, and, and people do that. They'll, to your point earlier, talking about kind of the uh, disintegration of the government and the, and the, uh, the various far left and far right factions that are forming and, or are not forming, but growing. Yeah. Um, people will say, they'll say stupid stuff like that. Well, we're in captivity in the nation that's divided and we're, yeah. and, and they'll make this Babylon. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, it's, it's not like, yeah. Yeah. this is not that situation. Like the, and, and people do that all the time. And they'll say stuff like, uh, they'll, they'll say like, you know, God has sent us into this position. He's put us in this position because we've rejected him as a nation. And, and I, I'm just going to go ahead and say that the Bible is, is explicit about saying that Israel as a nation are God's elect people for the purpose of bringing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so he chose Abraham, brought Abraham out, created Israel, the nation from the descendants of Abraham, promised Abraham that through his descendants, uh, salvation would be brought to the world. And Israel is the means and the avenue by which he brought that. And the Bible is, is 
uh, it mentions it three times in the beginning of the book of Romans that salvation comes from the Jews, that, that the gospel mm-hmm. is first for the Jews and then for the Gentiles. And, and so there is this picture that God has of Israel. He says of the nation of Israel, the literal nation in, in Romans eleven twenty nine that the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Mm-hmm. Having just said he's cut off Israel so that the Gentiles <laughs> can be brought in, but he's saying, but Gentiles don't get arrogant over the Israelites because I'm going to waken them up again and bring them back because I've made a covenant with them. He says, he says to them, as long as the sun and the moon and the stars exist and there's day and night, my covenant with Israel will never be broken. So for us to suddenly say, we're that we're Mm -hmm. Israel is just ignorant. Yeah. Yeah. It's just ignorant. And and it's another example of us wanting to put ourselves at the center of the story. Yeah. Instead yeah. of saying that God had a purpose for Israel. Why 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 does Isaiah and Jeremiah and why do Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel have to be about us instead yeah. of being about Israel and God bringing about his redemptive yeah. purpose? Yep. It's because we look at the Bible as like a, a yeah. Christian book of morals, Absolutely. how to live versus versus the story of redemption. Yeah. It's it's a complete wrong view of the scripture. Yes. And we, we don't we, we don't do it with we don't do that with anything else. No. But what it but what it does show is that most people's view of Christianity is self centered. Yep. And therefore the way they approach the scriptures is completely self centered. Yep. And it's 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 like I mean, have you guys ever had the, the people that would say like they'd open the Bible and just shove their finger oh, down gosh. and be like, This is the verse I needed. God yeah. knew I needed this today. And uh which I, mean, I think maybe that, on the third or fourth try. Oh, I think that good. that's I mean we could probably say that about most of the verses in the Bible. This is what I yeah. needed to hear I mean, today. We hope, need to hear the hope, word of God. My yeah. hope is that you're not doing this and it's Leviticus 18. <laughs> 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 yeah. Don't have sex this. with animals. Like, oh man, I needed Dang that it. one today. I needed that one today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, scratch my four o'clock appointment. <laughs> 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 All right. Wow. <laughs> Bring that back around real fast. Uh, <laughs> You're four o'clock, huh? That's right. Mm. So anyway, yeah, poor, poor view of the scripture. <laughs> yeah, that's a real poor view. Uh, yes. But yeah, so we, we don't do it with anything else. You, no. you don't you don't look at, even if people, uh, speaking of like really intense Americans, they're not going to pick up a U.S. history book and read something from, from 200 years ago from the American uh, Revolution and be like, see, this is exactly where we are today. Maybe they might they might correlate it, which I think that goes into like logical thinking. And that's what I was going to say in regards to what we had said about Jeremiah 29, is that we can look in these situations and we can see the character of God and how he worked in these situations, but not put our place, not put ourselves in the shoes yeah. of Israel. So like, so let's go back to my, my metaphor with the, with the U S history or whatever, plenty of people that would probably, they might be like, yeah, we're at the same place. We're, we're, we're being, we're being beaten down and persecuted by, by a hierarchy or by whatever, yeah. by, by a tyrant, by a tyrant. But they would never say England is doing that to us. Right. They would never do that, but they might actually make a connection of like, yeah, we have these different, I, there's maybe the same stuff different day. I most yeah. people would say it, but like, even at that standpoint, and they wouldn't not, call the oppressors today England. Exactly, they yeah. would never do that. So yeah. there's even from that standpoint, like there's plenty of things where we can look back and be like, look at how God yeah. treated the Jews. God is just as gracious today. God is still just as uh, as de- as devoted to His promises today, yes. and and what He's done and what He's accomplished. So and that's a, that's a simpler and more beautiful way to look at the yes. prophets is to look at let's let's look and see what God has done. Yep. Look and, at His character. Look at how, yeah yeah. Look at how he interacted with a rebellious nation who he he, yeah. he often likened to to whores and prostitutes. Like, <laughs> yeah. and look at how he still interacted with them and loved them and 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 poured out grace upon them and still held tightly to his promises regardless yep. of their actions. Those are things we can cling to. Yeah. You're 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 making it so much worse by trying to say you're an Israelite. Just stop. Like, yeah. like yeah. look at it for what it unless, is, and that's so much you better. Are. Unless you are, yeah, that's true. That's true. Not to offend any Jews out there. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean the. Pierce, you're, you're spot on that like what we Thank ought you. to do. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Yeah. 
<laughs> what we ought to do is look at these prophets as really what it is, is uh, an example to us of the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Um, it, it's why, like, we, we look at Hebrews 11 and everybody calls it the Hall of Fame of Faith or whatever, whatever they're calling it today. And it, Hebrews 11 really begins in Hebrews 10. And then my joke, of course, is always, but really well, begins in Hebrews 1. Right, and, yeah. yeah. Really begins in Genesis 1. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in, in the middle of Hebrews 10, he is, he is appealing to a Jewish people, a Hebrew people to, and this is debatable, um, whether they are believers that he's encouraging to hold to their faith in Christ or whether they are what I like to call God-fearing Jews, people who are longing for the Messiah, and he is mm. directing them to put their faith in Christ. Yeah. But either way, it is a it is a, an appeal to a Hebrew people to rest their confidence in Christ. Mm-hmm. And he says, the confidence that you held, this is chapter 10, verse 35, the confidence you held at the beginning, hold to it firmly so that you won't be disappointed. And, and he's talking about holding tightly to the promises of God. And then he gets into chapter 11, where he is showing them the benefit of holding to the promises of God. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he says, he goes, look at what Abraham did by faith and look at what Abel did by faith and look at what Enoch did by faith and look at what uh, all these people did by faith, Noah, and look at what Moses did by faith. And so he's showing them and he mentions Jephthah and he mentions Samson and he mentions Daniel and he mentions Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, not by name, but by example, those who have quenched the fire, right? And and what he what he's doing is he's not saying you're in the fire. He's not saying you're facing the lions. He's not saying you're facing the flood and need to build an ark or you're being called. What he's saying is, look at these examples of people who trusted God and saw God be faithful. You also trust God and see that he will be faithful in in terms as it regards the Messiah. And, And so the point being, even the author of Hebrews isn't saying these guys' lives are your lives. Yeah. He's just saying, look at how God interacted with these people yeah. so that you can draw from that encouragement in, in, in understanding the nature and the character of God. Mm-hmm. And so what we can do is we can look at the prophets and we can see the mercy of God and we can see how he restores them and we can see how he delivers them and we can see how he He bears with them with patience and how he seeks to rescue them and how he seeks to deliver them and bring them back and build them back into a people. And and that all of it is with the trajectory of the gospel and all of it is with the trajectory of, <laughs> of a Messiah coming that, yeah. Yeah. that I have to bring you back because there is a Messiah that hasn't come yet. That ha- and he's got to grow up in Nazareth. He's got to be born in Bethlehem. He's got to like, there, there has to be a story intact. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we look at that, we can say like, look at, look at the power of God. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one of my, one of my favorite examples, um, uh, from Isaiah that's, that's maybe less gospel, but just really, I think interesting. So I said that Isaiah really primarily deals with the Assyrian captivity, um, and the Northern kingdom of Israel being taken into Assyria. And so God calls Assyria his servant, which is what he'll say of Babylon in the book of Jeremiah. These are his servants carrying out his discipline against the rebellious people. But the, the king of Assyria uh, comes against the northern kingdom of Israel and, and destroys it, like decimates it and takes these people into captivity. And about 14 or 15 years later, he gets it in his head to go and attack Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And this story is for us in 2 Kings, 2 Chronicles, and in Isaiah where, where uh, the, the king of Assyria comes to attack uh, Jerusalem. And the king is praying before the Lord, King Hezekiah. He's praying before the Lord, and he puts the letter before God, and he goes, look at these people who are coming. And Isaiah 10 is so funny because he, God, through the prophet Isaiah, rebukes the king of Assyria. 
And, and he says, he goes, look, he goes, I, I sent you to do my work. I sent you to work for me. You were my servant. And speaking of when you went against the Northern kingdom yeah. Yeah. and he goes, but now you've gotten in your head that you'll go attack Jerusalem too, even though I've not told you to do this. And he says, can the club swing the one that wields it? Mm. Can the ax uh, exercise control over the one who swings it. So implying that Assyria is just a club and just an ax and that God's the one who wields it. And what's beautiful when you put all these pieces together from Second Kings, Second Chronicles, and Isaiah is that the king of Assyria does come and God sends an angel, a destroying angel, and kills 185,000 people of the Assyrian army and Assyria loses its power and never regains it. Mm because it stepped outside of the parameters that God had for it. Yeah. And, and, and so what's beautiful is this makes me feel a little bit like Job, you know, like considers Job a little bit where the, the, the attack on Job at the hands of Satan was not without God's knowledge mm -hmm. and, and came through the hands of God. But it's also really <coughs> cool that like, he's not going to let the king of Assyria do anything he hadn't dictated. And, and so like, I, I don't know, like it, it just, I, I love that the Bible tells us in Proverbs, maybe 27, but don't hold me to that. The, the heart of the king is in the hand of God and he turns it wherever he wants, yeah. like rivers of water. And, and I just think like um, later, in, uh, later in Isaiah, a hundred years before, well, more than a hundred years, 500 years before it even happens, it, through the prophet Isaiah, God, God declares that there's going to be a king one day named Cyrus who's going to bring people back from Babylon. And they're not even in Babylon yet. And that there's going to be a king named Cyrus who brings the people back from Babylon and rebuilds the temple of God. And this idol worshiper will serve God because God will direct his heart to do so. And, and so I love seeing that. I, I love seeing that God, um, that, that nothing is slipping through the cracks, that it is all orchestrated, that God is working and moving and he is, he is moving things this far. And then he's going, no, that's, you're going beyond my parameter for you. I'm done with you. And like, I mean, I don't know. I just, it, well, it's, I think what, what you're expressing is, is really the perspective we need to have is that there is a lot to learn from prophets. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the, uh, the only shift, the simpler shift, if you will, is not reading the prophets from a modern day me perspective, but reading the prophets as the story that it is. Yes. Yeah. You know, absolutely. As, and so like when you do, you can come away going, you can read Isaiah 10 and go, Man, thank you, God, that you were in control yeah. no matter what. Even when I don't see it, yeah, you know, like that's that's application for us today. Good Even when I don't see it, yeah. this is this is God's. To your point earlier, Pierce, this is God's character, and that that mm -hmm. character hasn't changed. The narrative yeah. has changed. Yes, like I was going to yeah. comment earlier about the uh, Hebrews eleven. I love later in chapter twelve, he says to them, "You've not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire, darkness, and gloom and tempest." In other words, you haven't come to the the mountain. Yeah. where the law came from, but you've come to Mount Zion, he says, to the city of the living God. And he says, uh, you've come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So he's yeah. shifting the narrative now. He's saying yeah. all these people who came, yeah. th this is where they were. Put your faith in God. But yes. remember, you're not there. Yeah, You've come to a new place. You yeah. come to Mount Zion, you come to Jesus, That's the right. mediator of a new covenant. I yeah. think so we can, as people who are part of the new covenant, who now have the, our, our mediator that, mm -hmm. that mediates for us forever, Jesus, we can read the Old Testament narrative yeah. and not go, oh, crap, I messed up today. Like, like the Israelites, yeah. God's going to destroy me. But we can go, man, thank you, God, that you're gracious. Thank you that you're in control. Yeah. We can learn and glean a lot from the prophets yes. without having to go, well, this is about me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to keep it really simple, I get that the prophets are overwhelming. I get that the language is sometimes muddy, 
but you will you will have gone a long way to understanding them if you don't take the text personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think in regards to them being overwhelming and stuff like that, one of the things you've said for a while now, Ryan, is that when you approach the whole of Scripture, um, especially things that that we that are like the prophets that are so far removed from us culturally, so far from us from us removed uh, historically, like whenever you're first approaching them, it's like dumping the puzzle pieces out of the box. Yes. <laughs> and then as as you're reading, you're flipping over the pieces. And then the next time you come back to Isaiah, you found the the borders, you found the corners. And then the next yeah. time you come back to Isaiah, you're kind of bunching the colors together. So like. It's not going to be you read it once you're good to go. Yeah. But if you but if you read it ten different times with ten different mindsets about yourself, you're never going to find the corners. Right. You're never going to flip over the pieces. But if you if you approach it from the standpoint, because you're of, trying to put together a different puzzle. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're you're yeah you're forcing yourself into the narrative there. Like yeah. So if you approach it with the mindset of this is not about me. Yeah. What can I learn about God from this? Mm-hmm. Who, who, yeah. How has God revealed Himself? This this is, this is the Word of God. This is how God has chosen to reveal Himself. So God. Open my eyes so I can see you and how you've revealed right. yourself and how right. you've shown yourself through and, this whole story. And as preachers, I think that they're like us three agree. I know this isn't an agreement across the board, but us three agree that like we want to handle the scripture as it's written. So right. in whatever yeah. genre it's written, and we want to handle it from that perspective. Right. And you can't go to the prophets and treat it the same way you would Proverbs. Right. You know, yeah. or you wouldn't yeah. treat it the same way you would the gospels. There's got to be a sense of context that plays into that. Yes. And honestly, I think, so Ryan is incredibly smart and remembers lots of details and, uh, was, was probably the the first person I ever heard speak of the prophets in the detail that he does. Um, I, I'm not in that camp. Like I don't remember the details in the way you do, but what's been most helpful for me in understanding the prophets is actually listening to the narrative of Kings and Chronicles. Yes. Because then what happens is, is when I read the prophets, I'm like, Oh wait, I remember that story. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, so that might be, if, if you're like me, that, that maybe the place for you to start, if you're like, man, the prophets just feel overwhelming, like listen to or read the narrative of Kings and Chronicles a few times and just kind of get that framework and yeah. you'll start to get these names in your head. And then you can go to the prophets and go, Oh yeah. that's Well, yeah. and I'll, I'll tell you, like, I'm, I'm saying this kind of just because I need a, another project on my plate. Apparently you do. Yeah. Um, I have wanted to, for at least a year and a half, start another website. So my art website is RT Douglas Fine Art. I've wanted for at least a year and a half to start another website just called RT Douglas. Uh and and post like helpful hints on how to read the prophets or how to read different books of the Bible, different outlines that I've written, different articles and papers and different things that I've written. And uh and I just I, I just can't bite the bullet yet. So uh well, I already have your uh I already have your WordPress themes. Nice. Thanks man. There you go. I, I was thinking that if I could create enough content between now and like December, then I could roll it out in January. Well, we'll just build a site sure. yeah. and then yeah. it's available and then it'll just force you to put it on there. Yeah, that's so, true. But I, listen, like... We'll have Pierce Photoshop I, some images for the... I, I, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely, I do, I do adore the details and I do adore the nuances of the text um, and seeing the intricacies and, the, and, and how it fits together. And I, like, I mean, I... I would love to just talk about this stuff. Like this is the stuff that I really enjoy. And, and, and I have come to really enjoy the prophets. Um, uh, when I read the Bible first, all the way through for my first time, I started it in February of 95 and I ended with the book of Ezekiel. I kind of read it out of order. Um, but I ended with the book of Ezekiel because I, I perceived it to be boring. Um, (laughs) Ezekiel became one of my favorite prophets, but but the very last, the very last words of Ezekiel are, and the name of the place is the Lord is there, uh, which was a very 
cool ending mm-hmm. to the the whole thing my first reading through mm-hmm. and uh and for the last 26 years i've read it at least once a year and and um my life has changed a little bit and there have been times that i've read it a lot and times that i haven't read it very much i i it is easier for me right now with my schedule to listen to it which is i know very effective for you micah i feel like it's less effective for me mm-hmm. um i've i've read it enough that i can picture the page in my head now so so <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> so when i'm listening it i can still i have to i'm pretty visual so i have to still see the page in my head um, you're like reading it as you listen to it <laughs> yeah sort of um and, and so but just with my schedule um i i have a 22 minute drive into my studio every day and a 22 minute drive home and so that just allows me some good time to listen but like just be in the word and I, I think if I think if we would stop um, approaching the scripture from the standpoint of what is this saying to me, mm. and start approaching the scripture from the standpoint of what is this saying? Yeah, uh, like what is this talking about? Mm. The how does it apply to me flows out of that pretty naturally. Mm-hmm. But if you if you approach the scripture, the prophets from the standpoint of what is this saying to me? I, I'm just going to tell you right now, you are going to be an idolatrous whore who doesn't love God because <laughs> because like. That's what the prophets say yeah. over and over you know, and over again. Think about this, like I, you did this once and you've said you, you probably shouldn't have done this. Totally shouldn't have at, done it. But you preached through Ezekiel 16 one time yeah. at a revival. But it's funny to me. And like, I used the word whore like 40 times which in is one in the text. Yeah. Um, which you've heard me say before. I think that's the wrong word contextually. Yeah. I think a modern day translation should probably say slut. Yeah. Like that's mm. something like that. Anyways, because yeah. well, anyways. I mean, it's. It's pretty explicit. It is. Well, that's yeah. what I was about to say is like, I've, there, there's probably preachers who preach through that text, but yeah. I've never heard one besides you doing it that time. Yeah. Uh, because you, you would have a hard time going to Ezekiel 16 with the perspective of you would approach the same perspective you'd approach Jeremiah 29, 11 with right. where God says, I'm going to lift your skirt over your face so that everyone can see your nakedness. Yep. In other words, what he means is I'm going to lift your skirt over your face so everybody can see your looseness. Like that's what he's yeah. saying in that text. No one wants to talk about that no. from the perspective of what does this say about, hey, doesn't, doesn't that, isn't it so <laughs> the, nice? Like that, you know, like, the gentle translation say you give yourself to these other lovers. The literal translation says you spread your legs for yeah. all your lovers. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty crass. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. People are taking Jeremiah twenty nine eleven and saying that's for everybody. No one's saying you guys are whores. Like I just think of like be a whore for Jesus. Like I mean I don't know. Like what are they? I never really joke about saying that for a camp shirt. Yeah, I joked about doing a camp shirt one year. That How said, do you don't, be a, don't be a whore? Is he yeah. sixteen? Yeah, you know. But like I, I mean, the reality is the the reality is that the Christian isn't those things. Right. Yes. The the Christian because of Jesus. Because mm-hmm. of Jesus and because sin has been overthrown. Yeah. And because you have now been sealed with the Holy Spirit. By the way, I want us to understand two very important facts. Uh salvation has always been through faith in the Messiah, yep. through faith in Christ. Yes. Always. Go read Romans 4, the end of it it says that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. This was written not only for his sake but for all of us who would believe. So so righteousness has always been a matter of faith. Two, I want you to also understand, though, that the people in the Old Testament, while looking forward to the cross and us looking backward on the cross, the people of the Old Testament were not sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Mm -hmm. people of the Old Testament 
uh, had not yet had the power of sin overthrown by the cross. Mm -hmm. And Hebrews 11 tells us that those people of the Old Testament were not yet made complete so that they wouldn't be made complete ahead of us. Like all of us through Christ now are being together. brought together, together in this. Yeah. And, and, and so all of this being said, like you as a Christian, you aren't a whore. You're not an idolater. You are loved. You are a child of God. You are holy. You are sanctified. Uh, you are a saint. You are uncondemned. You are the bride of Christ. And, and for us to now take Old Testament language where God was making a point to a people who did not have faith in him, who yeah. were not loving him. Yeah. There, there are pockets of the prophets where it says, but to those who weep over the sin of Israel, to mm -hmm. those who are really my people. If you want to draw any parallel to yourself from, from the prophets, it has to it's be those remnant. people. It has to be the remnant. Yeah. It has to be the people who genuinely cared for and loved God. But this, this rebellious whore thing, I, I just need us to remember that as believers, we are not rebellious whores. As believers, we are righteous, holy saints, sanctified by God, who will be glorified by God, who are already justified by God through the blood of Christ. And, and that identity undoes the ability for me to be able to take these prophetic texts and make them about me. Yeah. Because it, they can't even live in the same camp. <laughs> we're, we're completely different people. Yeah. And, and so... If I sound excited about this, it's because I am. I, I, <laughs> I, I love the word. And, and I'll just tell you that I, I interviewed for a job in Washington State in 1997. I was 21 years old. I'd been, How old were you, Pierce? Seven years old. <laughs> uh, I, I had been reading the Bible for two years. I just started my third time through it. And I, I interviewed for this kind of wilderness ministry where you take kids camping and take kids uh, whitewater rafting and rappelling and all this stuff and share the gospel with them. And, and, and I don't know who it was, but one of the people who I had used as a reference had put in my reference to the director that he comes from a dysfunctional home. He's depressed, which was all true. <laughs> and, and I, I was not at a place Thanks where a I needed, yeah, I was not at a place though, really where I needed the job. But at one point the director, uh, he, he's interviewing me and he's kind of poking me. To try to like literally no, but like <laughs> trying to get me upset. Well, how does it how does it feel that your dad didn't love you? How does it feel that your mom did this? How does it feel? How does it make you feel? How does it make you feel? And finally, I was like, "What the heck do you want, man?" Like I was pissed. Mm -hmm. And and he goes, "You know what? You know what I've heard about you." And I was like, "What? You tell me what you've heard about me." And he goes, "I've heard you hide in the Bible." And I said, "Damn right I do." <laughs> and I said, "It's the only you safe said that place." Back then? Yeah, I was <laughs> pissed. I said, "It's the only safe place for me." Mm. I live in the scripture because it's the only safe place for me. Mm. And he was like, well, I just, I don't think we have a place for you here. <laughs> and, and here's where it got really awkward. Um, I didn't have my plane ticket to fly out to the next day. I was supposed to fly out that day. And I, had to, I had to spend the night at his house. <laughs> but uh, but, but I, I, I've been accused of hiding in the scripture. And, mm. and I do. Because what does I, that mean? Like, I, I, so don't, I, I have no idea what he meant by it, but he's an idiot. I've heard yeah. I've heard these kind of statements before, and I'll say this: I think that I don't think that's true. I think what you're doing is you're hiding in God, and the yeah. scripture the scripture is the means by which a means by I'll which we that. we know God. <laughs> and I mean, I'm saying that from knowing you and knowing a lot of these people. So I don't know what they do in Washington State, um, but you don't hide in the scripture. Your love for the scripture is what people are offended by. Like I'll tell you this, and this might not have a lot of weight for anybody else, but maybe it will for you, Ryan. Um, people feel the need, I think, to make sure that they know or feel like they know more than other people. Mm. And I think that's when the, the people who say that to you are people that need to feel like they know the scripture better than you. So they're going to say things to you like you hide behind the scripture or you hide in the scripture 
Um, and it's really just their insecurity that drives them to say stuff yeah. like that. You don't hide in the scripture, you hide in God. It's yeah. it literally- And the scripture which is, is a means by which I can come yeah. to God. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. scripture is like- 100%. Yeah, and so I think that, I mean, like that should be a compliment. And 100%. Oh, I, it should yeah, be I a, gosh, why can't I never be in those conversations <laughs> with you? <laughs> All right, look, I'm going to keep going. So Pierce, sum so, this up for us, brother. Simpler, simpler mindset when approaching the prophets, don't force yourself in the narrative. Yeah. Mm. Re- read it for what it is, acknowledging that this is how God has chosen to reveal himself through history, yep. through his people, absolutely, um, through specifically Israelite, through the line of Abraham, through the bloodline of Abraham, leading up to Jesus, and how these are these are prophecies that that very much affect uh the Israelites at the time. And we can see God's character and God's nature in the midst of that and his overarching story and plan of salvation and how these things lead ultimately to Jesus. Yep. And so if our heartbeat in the midst of being a Christian with our heartbeat set upon Christ, have that same heartbeat when approaching the gospels. Yeah. To seek to see who God is, to see how he was worked, to see how uh I say the gospels are prophets. Prophets. I meant to say prophets, yeah. Um when approaching the prophets. So we'll look, talk about the gospels. We next. will, we will. Um look at it through the lens of Jesus, look at it through the lens of God and see himself revealed. And it's such a, it's such a simpler and more beautiful way to approach that because you're not trying to put anything there that's not, Yeah, you're seeing, you're seeing God for who he is and how he is faithful, how yeah. he, how he judges rightly, how he is just, how yeah. he is loving, how he is gracious to these whores, <laughs> like in the midst of that, like this, we serve a, we serve a mighty God who is powerful and we can look back on history. And even though we weren't there, that doesn't diminish our God. Who cares right. if we were there or not? Right. Like for real, this is God. We're kind of glad we weren't there. I know, right? It's like when they're eating each other's kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's insanity. Um, so yes, yeah, so if you guys don't have anything else to say, we can, I got hyped up. We can, I'm, I'm we can, hot and sweaty we now. can jump over it. to uh, a simpler hack. Micah. Yeah. Summertime. Everybody's traveling. So I'd like to talk a little bit about your vehicles more specifically. Yeah, it's about to be summer vacation. Yeah. yeah People are going to be yeah. going on vacation. Um, specifically your tires. It seems like it's a, such a simple thing. I think that most of us now with modern cars probably don't ever check our tire pressure. You don't check it until you get that little light that says there's something yeah, wrong with yeah. your tire. So for those of you that are, it's good in general, but especially for those of you that are traveling, um, the, the best thing you can do for the care of your tires and for gas efficiency, and it'll benefit your car overall. And your pocketbook. Do you even carry pocketbooks anymore? No. No, but I love that you just said that. It's such a Ryan thing to say. Like, I'm going to get my monocle out so I can read this. Monocle is if you're fancy. The reading glasses are for the pocketbook. Like, it's like, anyway, so, but it is, is finding what the correct tire pressure is for your tires and keeping them at that place. And listen, some, sometimes your car, uh, sensors that tell you what your tire pressure is aren't always on. So Mm -hmm. if you want to make sure, just go buy like a $5 tire gauge. Don't buy the cheap ones that have a little deal at the bottom that shoots out of the stem. Like yep. buy the one that's like kind of round or digital one. And and if you keep your tire pressures, especially in the summer on the road, keep your tire pressure equal across the board and at the correct, your, each tire is going to have a different tire, tire pressure, but mm-hmm. check it. Like don't just let it go. Don't just assume it's going to be good. You can sometimes drive into places like Discount Tire or some of these chains and they'll check your tire pressure and fill them up for free for you. So nice. keep your tire pressure at the same. That, that's a good one. That's super safe too. I mean, it helps you be safe. Yeah. And then also, especially if you're traveling, yeah. it's nice to know if you can, someone can check it and be like, ah, you know, your tires might not make it. You yeah. Know? So hmm. as someone who travels all the time, it's, it's just such a really, yeah. such a good thing to do. I check my tires almost every time I travel before I go and before yeah. I come it's back. It's a good one. Good advice. Yeah. Hashtag simpler hack. When next time you're checking your tires, take a picture of it. Selfie it. Selfie it. Yeah. Post it. Say what's up. I'm saying safe on the road. That's yeah. right. 
Don't want tires to explode. That's one of my biggest fears. Not even going to lie. Not while I'm driving, just while I'm next to a tire. That Which it would is just so explode. funny because the number of times it's happened, like we it's all so hear smart. stories about it. Correlates yeah, directly to. <laughs> I know. I think there's more people who've died from venomous spider bites from spelling bee letters. Than yeah. Dude, else. one also, we, I mean, working at Chevy, we had those videos that would go around to the people who would put like, uh, what are, what's the, what, I forget what the machine's called, where you can put a tire on, stretch a tire yeah, off yeah. and put it on, uh, where it would explode off of that. There's ones where people are airing up tires on lifts and it explodes. And there was one that I saw, there was, there was just a guy airing up a tire outside of like a shop. And it, the tire blew up so hard. He did like a side flip and his shirt was just flying away. And, just, and I was like, that's going to be me. So Eli knew, Eli, my buddy Eli who works with me, he or worked with me. He, uh, he would send me those videos because he knew I was terrified of it. So like anytime I'd air up a tire, I'd be like, <laughs> standing <laughs> Way there. Over I, 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 and probably I would do it with my left arm. Like, okay, I can, I can get rid of this arm. I use so this arm time, too much. Just blow this one off. <laughs> that's later this summer uh, when, when you're doing, uh, yes. you're doing that camp with me in Louisiana. I'll I'm going to have you tires. air the tires up and I'm going to pop a balloon right behind you when you air the tires. <laughs> Probably just faint. You'll, just, you'll wet yourself. Just go limp. <laughs> just drop. That's exactly what Ezekiel was talking about. And not just kidding. Yeah. Speaking of going limp, uh, Steven's over there. And- <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh my goodness. Uh, he doesn't even know what button to push. <laughs> He's just going to completely cut off my mic. That's what's going <laughs> Oh, there he goes. He's yeah, gone. He's, now. He's, He's gone. gone. He's gone. <laughs> we fixed the glitch. Oh, man. <laughs> So anyway, Steven's over there. <laughs> Check out at the, at the Garden Audio on Instagram. You're going to want to see what's going on in this dope miniature oven or giant <laughs> oven that, that we're sitting in. It's the summer. It's hot. <laughs> it is hot. the name to the microwave. <laughs> that's, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but yeah, you're going to want to see what's going the on over there. Uh, check out his stories, all of his posts. It's great content going on at the Garden Audio. We are at Simpler Pod on Facebook and Instagram. You're going to want to check it out. You're going to want to follow along with what we got going over there. We post full episodes and clips to YouTube. So subscribe over there and anywhere you can leave a review, please do so. Please you, do. you can, I mean, since we're a Facebook page, you can leave a review of the page. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That gives us a boost in the algorithm. Uh, and again, guys, it's, it's mainly for exposure because you guys are enjoying this. We enjoy doing it and we yeah. want more people to jump on board, more people to join in the conversation and have a good time. We, we strive to be entertaining, but at its core, we strive to encourage, build up, and point people towards Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And in the midst of that, I think that what, what is great about our relationship, our us as friends, is that we can show that a life in Christ isn't this like uh, bare bones, boring nonsense. Yeah. A life in Christ is full of joy. A life in Christ is full of love. It's full of grace. Uh, it's full of encouragement. And it's full of love. And like we talked about an episode or two ago, talking about love, that love may look different. And it's, but either way, it's still love that yeah. you're with and it's dope it's a great community so we want you guys to be a part of that community we want you guys to uh, to be a part of the simpler community and have a good time mm-hmm. doing so um, as always keep Christ's core what could be simpler than that we'll talk to you guys in June bye that was fun